0: Okay, guys, Splendid Torch Podcast. It's been a while. I'm back with Mo Mo. What's up, Mo? Hey, guys. It's very funny when we're at the school and everybody calls you Mo. I know. <laughs> and uh, nobody... Re- I love it, though. In case you don't realize, like this is my wife, Melissa McHugh, purple belt extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah. And like her family nickname is Mo, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to s- tell us why?
1: Yes, because my grandfather was from the south he has a very thick accent and he would call me molise instead of Melissa. and then when and he passed yeah everyone kind of just shortened it now i'm aunt mo i'm mo mo i'm mo yeah <laughs> i got a bunch of nicknames
0: yep and now you're mo to 600 some people it. at JJ i
1: either get miss melissa or mo yeah.
0: you do get a lot of miss melissa which I is did. always hilarious because oftentimes they're like your age <laughs> and and truth be told you don't really have an official no. Role at the school where it's like you're not like the program director. No, I just float around. Yeah. Um anyway, it, it's adorable. So we've got a lot to talk about and not a lot of time to do it. So let's get right to it. So we I haven't done a podcast in quite some time. I think we're like man, 3 weeks out, which is very long for us. I don't know if you I'm sure you remember because it got a little ridiculous, but over COVID, I was doing like four podcasts. Oh, I a know. Week. So <laughs> I was doing two with the old man, which I'm sure, you know, I'm not <laughs> That was great time spent. And then I was doing one with my uncle. And then I was doing one with like Metakis. It was just getting ridiculous. It was a lot. But you know, it was COVID. Like everybody we just, everybody's yeah. living on Zoom. Well, I was trying to keep the boat afloat. Mm-hmm. I was trying to keep the tribe engaged and together. And it worked. Um, but I wish we could do two podcasts a week right now. It's just, it's not in the cards. Especially with like the way the th- things are going with the school and how we're trying to expand and how... Like a little a little peek behind the scenes, like what where I'm like I just got off the phone with Coach K John Kirtatas, you know everybody's favorite six a.m. lunatic, and um, we were talking about and the funny thing is I'm I'm 38 like I'm I'm pretty young to be talking about this word but I'm talking about legacy legacy it's it's really been in the forefront of my mind right now, so. My legacy is not going to be a, being a UFC champion, obviously. It's not even going to be a world champion in jiu-jitsu. My legacy isn't even going to be probably... I mean, I won't be shocked if a couple of our students rise through the ranks and end up being world champions. I wouldn't be shocked. We've we've got a lot of talent. Yeah. But that's not even going to be my legacy if it happens. Where like some like coaches will call them, hang their hat on... That's kind of like their thing, like their identity. Mm-hmm. That's like on their gravestone, like world champion coach. Mm-hmm. No, my legacy is going to be... Creating this network of these amazing, powerful environments, which is a dojo, a jujitsu academy, all throughout South Jersey and probably maybe even eventually beyond like our, our very small area. And I want like 10, 12, 20 of our black belts to have the same life that jujitsu has given me. Yeah. So that's where I, my head's been. And of course, like teaching great classes and, and of course, my own personal training is always at the forefront. Mm mm-hmm. But man, that's where I'm wrapping my head. It's legacy. It's like, how do I create a path for all of our black belts and and every like everybody coming up through the ranks to eventually have a clear way to have their own school and to create their own like little environment, like this really imp- incredible place that we have at headquarters. That's, yeah, that's where I've been.
1: Well, and making it accessible for everyone.
0: Well, that's always the overarching theme is accessibility.
1: Yeah, it's huge.
0: So I was just in Sacramento. It's funny, man. Every time I go away, so I was gone. If you include like travel days, I essentially I was gone for like five days. I mean, you know, I'm sure you think I was gone for a month. It was a long time. Yeah, it was really like two and a half days, but it was in Sacramento. So like one whole day going it was travel, one whole day coming back was travel, and one whole day was recovering from that friggin' overnight trip, um, which was terrible. But anyway, I was in Sacramento for I guess we'll call it a business convention, and really what it was was, man, like 200 school owners were there f- to learn from like, you know, the leaders in the field mm-hmm. in a bunch of different ways. But I think I might've been one of like three jujitsu guys. That's the thing. Like I go to these and there's never jujitsu guys there. But here's the cool thing. The shift that's happened, because I've been going to these for like 15 years. I might've even gone before I worked for Ricardo. This shift that's happening now is every one of these guys does jujitsu. Every one of them, all these guys who are like, they're dressed in like Kung Fu garb and, you know, they got like flavor savers and they got like nunchucks in their back pocket. Even those guys, they all are like a blue belt in jujitsu. And, and you know, the, the Taekwondo magnates, we'll call them like these, the leaders in the field in like Taekwondo and karate. They're all obsessed with jujitsu. And a lot of them, the really successful guys have separate jujitsu programs at their school. Mm hmm so we can speak a common language where like man five or six years ago (laughs) it was like it was like the the jujitsu guys kind of hit in the corner or with like the the guys who fought a little mma and then everybody else kind of was doing like kata like in the middle of the hallway but those days are kind of it's everything's shifting everybody kind of understands jujitsu so i have like a common language oh dryer's done (laughs) um but here here's what was pretty cool Besides having like some common footing to to build rapport with some of these these really cool people, they all have jujitsu programs, and the biggest thing is their programs fizzle out, and they it's because they can't get a good culture going. Which why is do you think cra- that is? I, I I can tell you why I think it is, but I, all right, let's get right to it. So I think the problem is, and you know, me and my uncle talk about this a lot. So take a guy let's let's take a hypothetical guy who owns like six or seven karate schools and he's been doing it for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows he's like an expert in his field and everybody in the whole community knows if you want your kid to be like more confident and disciplined and build some character and some self-defense skills, you send them to this place. Mm-hmm. He's gonna learn how to punch, kick, and block. And it's very structured and it's very, you know, like tightly run, just how we run our jujitsu program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, on the side... This guy's training with some, like, you know, the, the local Brazilian guy in jiu-jitsu because he's in love with martial arts and therefore he's in love with jiu-jitsu, as of course he would be. But the problem is, like, this jujitsu guy, you know, this Brazilian guy came from Rio and he's got, like, 30 students and there's no, like, attendance and, and like, everybody's wearing a dirty gi and yeah. it's he's treating it like it's 1978 in Rio. Like, he didn't, this, you know, hypothetical Brazilian guy didn't evolve with the times. So the only exposure to jiu-jitsu that our karate guy has is that. Mm. So what they do is they jiu-jitsu up, they Brazilian up their program, which boggles my mind because one of the, like you said, accessibility. I would say the biggest thing that's made our, I mean, a lot of things, but in like the top three reasons our program is so accessible, one big one is that I've taken all these Principles that I've learned in my lifetime of karate and kung fu and like stand-up martial arts and traditional martial arts and everything I've learned from my mentors who don't do not do jujitsu, jitsu mm-hmm. and I've applied it Through like the jiu-jitsu filter like my own personal filter too. I've applied it to our school, right? So it's very accessible We have a dojo etiquette. We have like a uh, like an attendance system. We have a curriculum We have different training levels. We have a teaching methodology Like we have all these things and we have the culture to back it up we didn't like and no offense to any brazilians like i'm speaking mm-hmm. of a very certain archetype of like hey, a like yeah yeah like he surfs all morning and yeah. teaches all night and the like life. yeah and like sleeps on his buddy's couch right we're not gonna let that seep into our program so you don't know anything about bruce lee but he came up with something called a little bit a little bit you know a couple movies yeah. he came up with something called g g kundo um, which is like the way of no way. So like G Kundo is essentially where you take all the things that work and you leave all the things that don't. Mm-hmm. And essentially, that's what I've done with the jujitsu, with our academy. There's so many great things out there in the martial arts world that work so well to create a great environment and to like keep people on track, make sure nobody gets left behind, to have a really effective training environment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's a lot of shit that doesn't work. Yeah. And I left all that stuff. I just, I don't understand why, and I don't, this is not what this podcast is gonna be about. <laughs> I don't understand why somebody who can run this, like karate, this hypothetical person can run this karate program like that for 25 years mm-hmm. with great success. And then the second they apply it to a different martial art, they just don't.
1: Yeah, it like doesn't transfer over all that yeah, like, structure. Like
0: dance with the like dance with the girl you brought to the prom kind of thing, right? <laughs> dance with the one who brought you to the prom. Yeah. Like I don't understand. Anyway, that was Sacramento. It was really cool. Very clean city. A lot of homeless people. Yeah. Super clean. No trash anywhere. And then literally just a guy face down on the grass.
1: Or like someone barking like at you. Yeah, There's that one lady. I thought it was
0: a guy. It was a lady. She's barking. Yeah. It was an impressive bark. A lot of homeless people, but super clean sad. city. Yeah. But now I'm home. And we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. So we haven't done a podcast in a while. The last thing was... Um, that was probably podcast worthy. Was we did that uh, bullyproof seminar?
1: Oh my gosh, it's my favorite. Yeah. That was
0: really really cool. Yeah, and we did it for you know a couple of our students. Um, one of them works at at a, at a private school, and she asked us to to come. And the cool thing is, originally it was like, oh yeah, we're gonna have forty kids, and it's like, we're gonna have fifty kids, and they ended up being like mm, 60, sixty kids. Yeah. and luckily we still have the old mats from from the old location, so we just rolled them out. And what we did anticipate was it was gonna be the hottest day of the year <laughs> at noon. And the mats are dark gray. Holy shit, Literally dude.
1: burning our feet. Blisters on my feet. Yeah.
0: And, and, you know, Tony's like, how are you just eating this? I'm like, dude, the show must go on.
1: Dude, but the kids were so excited. I couldn't believe how engaged they were.
0: Yeah, they were on. And, it,
1: like, the sun was blazing. I'm like, we're never going to, like, this is never going to happen.
0: Yeah, I thought it was going to be a problem. They
1: were so excited.
0: It was really, really cool. I like, I love doing those events. I, uh, we should just keep doing more. Yeah. You know what happens is we get so caught up in our own little world, like we have McHugh BJJ, and then outside of that, we have our own little family unit, Mm -hmm. but we're pretty like, we've got a great life, but like we're pretty, not isolated, but we live in like our little bubble. We've got got like, you know, I'm always in the sauna, the cold plunge, the girls are out playing, we play basketball, you know, we go to like, you know, your sister's house Mm -hmm. and the girls go to school. Aside from that, we're at the jujitsu school. Yeah. So you kind of forget how much we know. At least I forget like how much knowledge I have built over the years of like self-defense and teaching it, and then you forget how valuable that is to people who don't train. I know because they know nothing. Yeah, and it's like you could see it in their faces. Especially, there were like six or seven teachers there. Once I just did the opening, like, "All right, guys, here's how we sit," and I did the Cesar mm-hmm. thing. The the teachers were like engaged. Yeah, their eyes were wide open. They were just in it. And then you keep going and like you have these kids just like eating out of the palm of your hand for an hour where like I'm sure they haven't sat still like that focused maybe ever in their lives. Yeah, It's just a powerful thing. I really enjoy doing it.
1: Yeah, I love it. I mean, I love watching you, Tony, Pete. It's just incredible to like keep the focus of those kids. But also, I mean, just this might sound crazy, but even if they're ever in like a small altercation, what you teach, like the basics, like breaking a grip Or you know how to just like keep a distance of the green zone, the red zone. Maybe they take at least one thing away. You know what I mean? Like take one thing away. Well, luckily,
0: we also gave that very practical and handy uh, handout, that one pager, (laughs) for them to bring home in their goodie bags.
1: It's definitely on their fridge. For
0: it better be. They better be studying with their parents before bed every night, doing like the tiger eyes and like the samurai stance. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was that was really cool, dude. It's just so weird. That uh, at 38, man, this is where my brain is. It's all about like impact and legacy, you know. Well, it, and that's hand in hand with very selfishly, I still got a lot of good years of martial arts in me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I'm, I'm just trying to build this thing where, where everybody can benefit from this, you know. And I, I have this which apparently i didn't invent because in sacramento Kovar said it and then like a half dozen other people said it i thought i came up with this Mm -hmm. like every kid should know two things for sure they have to know how to swim and they have to know how to fight i didn't make that up Mm -mm. but i believe that so imagine if if we get to a point as call it i wish i wish we could still call it a try but at one point like I don't know if like you would call the Algonquin Indians is still like a tribe when they took over all the north, you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, I have about, no clue, I'm
1: just gonna follow Or like the Iroquois yeah, yeah.
0: nation, like I wouldn't yeah. call them a tribe. Right. The seven nations of the Iroquois, you know, like they were so massive, But, but I think we can still maintain elements of like the tribe as we expand. Mm-hmm. But imagine if we had like 10 schools in this area. And it's it's just understood that like once you once your kid turns five, yeah, when they're three, they're gonna do like little kick soccer. Shout mm-hmm. out to Steve Basilis. Yeah. <laughs> the world's longest blue belt. Um <laughs> Does
1: he beat me? Yeah. He's he's, he's right me. there. Yeah, he's right there. He's <laughs> right there,
0: and he hasn't had any yeah. children. So what's the excuse, Steve? <laughs> um, they're gonna do little kicks and then when they turn five, they're gonna they're gonna do jujitsu. It's just part of, you know, your coming of age. Like you have to do these things.
1: Yeah. But you still have that. Right, like our schools is growing exponentially, right? But then we have the, the Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts. We've had baseball teams come through for like a year-end activity when they're done. So we're still, I mean, that outreach just because it all started at the school, you know, but yeah. we're still kind of getting into the community and that's the biggest thing. I mean, self-defense, like the bullying that, you know. It's, it's not going
0: anywhere. No. and that, that's anything, I
1: think it's getting worse. Holy
0: shit. And I think it's because like anything else, And this is not a political podcast, (laughs) but uh, in many ways, in my old age, I'm becoming like a libertarian—like just leave things alone, and and like they tend to find homeostasis. Like anytime, like the government dips their their stinky, greasy hands into things, it fucks everything up. I think that's pretty obvious. Right. Um. Case in point: the U.S. economy. Mm -hmm. You know. But anyway, bullying, bullying. Like when I think the whole like bullying. Um backlash the craze the the from like um like the top down yeah. from the authorities started like probably when we were just about to leave high school right cuz when i yeah. was, there was no zero tolerance no. like believe me i i know <laughs> 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 um luckily i was one of the the last generation who was allowed to deal with bowling the only effective way yep which is you know blasting something in their teeth their face. Yeah. yeah and and what we tried to do was you know, along the, the same lines of, like, we made it illegal for kids to play outside and, like, climb trees. And, we like, when we start to nerf the world mm-hmm. and, like, coddle the children. And a really good book, really good book is The Coddling of the American Mind by Stephen Height, uh, Great, like, uh, psychologist and sociologist. But, man, like, when when authorities made the zero tolerance for bullying thing, that made things fucking worse. And one of the things, one of the reasons I know it does not work, and it's actually gone the other way, because bullying is just as prevalent. 90% of the people who come in, their parents mention bullying. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. We have a lot of students. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody we talk to, every parent has a story about their kid getting bullied. What does that tell you? It's not a societal problem. It's, It's just human nature. Like kids, when you get a group of like kids... They're trying to figure out the hierarchy. They're yeah, trying you're to just find. Talking about this yeah. Walk. yeah, and you know, some people might not like this, but you know, boys and girls handle it differently, and that's what we were talking about. Like, yep. like it, it, Scar's been in a bullying situation yes. against the boy. He tried to hurt her, and what'd she do? She fucking threw dukes. Yeah, she threw punches, kicks, and got to a body lock, and she handled it beautifully. And she was she was really proud of herself. Yeah. And what does she not handle so well? When the girls are just mean to her mm-hmm. and trying to ostracize her. And why are they doing that? They're not doing it for their own pleasure. It's because humans try to find where they stand in the pecking order. And the way the girls tend to do it, not always. Some mm-hmm. girls are violent. Yep. The way they tend to do it is by like tearing down your reputation, ostracizing you. It's very social. Boys do it the other way. It's rough and tumble. Generally. These are generalizations, mm-hmm. right? That's not going anywhere. It's never going to go anywhere.
1: No, and one thing too that I see in the schools now is with this whole zero tolerance is now the victim is also taught that you if you fight back, you're both expelled kind of thing. Because yes. I remember talking to Scar about it. We've had an incident earlier this year at school. And the first thing she's like, mom, I don't want to do anything back. I'm going to get in trouble. And I'm like, maybe at school, but mommy and daddy will handle that. Yes. We'll be throwing you an ice cream party. You defend yourself. But it's a sin because that's how I feel like now they're teaching these kids. Like, you know, th- you're not going to fight back. Don't punch, kick whatever back. You got to go talk and tell someone. And then you're going to mediate. And then it just keeps going. And nothing and going. happens. Because there's no happens. teeth.
0: No, these, these policies have no teeth. Nothing really happens. And I'm glad you brought that up. Because what I was going to get to is we we hear so often from kids who have been training with, with us for years. Lethal kids. Yeah. Like, literally. Like, if we were to unleash these kids... Like on the playground, they know they could kill somebody. They like could they've got, someone. They, yeah. well, they've yeah. got the skills is what I'm saying. Luckily, they've also developed the, the um you know, proper amount of self-control alongside with that. Right. But then it, these, I think it's the, the blame goes to these policies where the mom will come in or the dad and be like, look, man, like my kid's getting bullied. I'm like, your kid's a fucking savage. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, but he or she won't fight back. Why? Well, he's, he or she is scared of being in trouble. Yep. I'm like, what the fuck? What have we done? I what know. have we done? That's insane. And, and it, there's been a, an evolution in the way we teach. And a cool thing is that in Sacramento, they had a lot of like stats. They were kicking around a lot of statistics because a lot of these big organizations, they did like surveys and things like that. I think there was like definitely like a decade ago. The concern, I don't even think it was the concern. The way that the martial arts industry was going, it was more towards bring your bring your child with ADD in and we can teach them focus and discipline. Bring your kid in and we can give them like a character development. And we went so, I'm not saying, I'm saying we, but it was way less us. Yeah. There was more other people. <laughs> they were going really hard in the paint on the character development because, and, and I kind of got into it with some people in Sacramento about, the, I told mm. you about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, well, you know, the popular um, pop culture and like, you know, public view of martial arts training, you know, it it was already, self-defense is already obvious. Like, look at the, like, we have like the Karate Kid and and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking, the Karate Kid was in 1984, (laughs) 1984, that was the year I was born. That is not the popular pop culture view of martial arts. 99% 99% of the people out there view a karate school, and I'm saying karate specifically because the view is definitely different for jujitsu. Yeah. People are educated. They bring their, their kids to jiu-jitsu for self-defense. Yeah. But the view of, of like a martial arts school is definitely more focus, discipline, character development mm-hmm. than legitimate effective self-defense. Yeah. So one of the things that I caught myself doing was kind of getting, even though we were teaching very good self-defense, is... I think I was too worried about parents in the lobby hearing me say something about like, here's where you could fuck somebody up. Yeah. You know, and obviously, guys, this podcast is for us adults and (laughs) I don't speak like that to the children. Um, even though a lot of them would fucking love it. (laughs) Like you know, you could think of the kids who would be like, Yeah, let's go, let's go. (laughs) Um But but in the last few years, since more of these parents have come forward, like they won't fight back. They won't fight back. I do make it clear, like parents, you've got to. Everybody's got their own risk tolerance, and like mm-hmm. what's acceptable and what's not. For us, my girls know if anybody touches you, you you drop the hammer. Yeah, like we go hard. You, Osoto, Gary, you get to the mount. You don't have to punch anybody, but you you assert your dominance immediately, and we we put up with. We take no guff.
1: Well, I think that's the issue of like the won't fight back because I think it becomes so verbal and it's like that constant. It's not physical for these other kids sometimes. So they're like, it's that fine line. The kid's like, oh, I know I'm lethal. I know I could like, oh, Soto Gary, get you to the ground. But like, you didn't touch me first. You just keep name calling or you just keep, you know, I don't know, posting on the internet right, about me you, or whatever but it but is. But listen to what
0: you just said. You just keep name calling. You just keep posting. I'm
1: saying it from a kid's point of view because they're, I think they have this like fear of, well, they didn't hit me. And if I just hit them because they're verbally attacking me. I'm the one that's going to get in trouble because I'm saying, pointing back to the policy. I I know
0: the, yeah, the policy. And I bet a lot of parents, I bet, I bet 95, 99 or even a hundred percent of the parents listen to us right now. And they have kids, younger kids, especially. And, and they imagine this, this, uh, situation where your daughter or your son is just getting like. Verbally abused every mm-hmm. day. And it starts like, you know, pretty small. Like, kid makes fun of you. Yeah. And then makes fun of you to the other kids. And then b- before you know it, that you got a target. And you know how quick that happens. Ooh, yeah. Once one person publicly makes fun of the kid, that kid's the kid to make fun mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Especially if there's no retaliation. Right. Next thing you know, your kid doesn't want to go to school in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you have to take your kid, you got to transfer schools. We've got a few students who's, who have done that this year. Yeah, it's a sense. And then your kid is depressed then your kid before you know it won't leave the house then he's morbidly obese then the kid's like 14 15 what are we looking out for you know what we are it gets really bad so all right take that situation parents the first time that kid starts making fun of you you confront them like like what makes you think it's okay to make fun of me Mm -hmm. you you escalate the situation because you put a stop to it and I'm not saying that a kid makes fun of you, you blast double, <laughs> yeah. but you get, you tell them you got the wrong guy, you got the wrong guy, you know? And then if they, if it keeps going, then you fucking, you drill them, you Absolutely. double it, you double egg them as a dad. I'm okay with the repercussions of that.
1: Same. I mean, I think I've, I've, you know, like I said, we've had a situation where, you know, I'm teaching Scar because it is very verbal at this age. It's a lot of, you know, making fun of and like the little things. I'm like, oh my gosh. Which I can is
0: way more detrimental to a kid's agree. health than, than somebody punching and them.
1: And what did we tell Scar? I said, shoulders back, your voice better be loud, and you're, you're chomping this little girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're going to. You yeah,
0: that's when the little ghetto momo comes <laughs> out. She literally <laughs> said like, you got to just chomp her. Scar's like, what the fuck does that mean? Well, well, so you ch- and you're like doing the, like, the, shoulder. the shoulder thing you're like chomp. you gotta chump you gotta chumper
1: listen not to be like oh woe is me but I went through some pretty bad bullying when I was young I was the new kid in second grade I've had syrup poured in my hair you know they would put wads of gum in my hair to where my mom was cutting it I would have bruises all over my shins and I just, I mean, I never trained, martial. I just would eat it c- because I'm like, oh my gosh, if I fight back, then they're going to be like, this kid's a weird, I don't know. And this is back in the day. Right. So finally, the only time they stopped is when my mom literally looked at me and she doesn't, she played volleyball. Like she doesn't yeah. even, she doesn't know how to fight or nah. anything. And I was scared. I mean, I was what, like 50 pounds. So go- I was tiny. And she just said like enough is enough like she was at the school she was doing everything and she was like you have to fight back i don't care if you lose you better get a punch in i did that when i say they stopped it was literally it changed my whole life it literally changed my whole life because imagine if i didn't and i just became that kid that everyone picked on
0: yeah you become the easy target and the kids are gonna prey on that 100 percent. it's in human nature in first grade greg damon and the power team, there were like 50 kids. They would run around terrorizing everybody on the playground. Yeah. And I was a quiet kid, you know. And sometimes quiet can be misconstrued as weak. Yeah. And Greg Damon started fucking with me. And I literally body slammed him on the merry-go-round. And he didn't speak to me again until freshman year of high school, which is awkward. Because I w- he was the starting quarterback and I was the center. <laughs> like in middle school. So I'm literally like snapping the ball of this guy, he wouldn't even look me in the fucking eye.
1: Maybe he's listening to the podcast. I hope so. Now, we Greg. became we after <laughs> a while
0: we became friends, but the point being nobody fucked with me in, in elementary school. Nobody. And yeah, then like every you know in middle school I had to like reassert, but I'm not saying to be violent, but if the I'm saying to not be a victim. I and mean, we gotta it's really important we teach that to, to our kids, yeah. man. We don't have to make this a bullyproof podcast because there's really a lot to talk about. Yep. Yeah. But like a really good example of the power of what we do is that, that most r- recent kid's belt promotion. That kid's oh belt my, promotion. That was did. our
1: biggest one yet, right?
0: I th- I think we had 70 belts go out. Oh, It was huge. We had 70 promotions. Now, what does that tell me, man? Holy shit. It tells me that the program works, that people are seeing the results. They want to be there because that, in, in the field of martial arts, we call that retention. Mm-hmm. Like how many white belts can you get to go to junior gray belt? That's your retention. Yeah. Man, we had 38 junior gray belts. That's incredible. Insane. That for a jujitsu school, that's unheard of. That's How
1: about in- like the vibe from? Well, that. that's what
0: I want to talk about. Yeah. Like, take a kid like Jeremiah. Oh. Dude, me and Tony looked at each I other. Think. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I had to stop. Me and Tony just looked at. It. All right. So if you don't know Jeremiah, um, you know he he's one of our guys, man. He's one of our junior sharks. He's he's special needs. Um, super capable, but the environment is so inclusive for him. Mm-hmm. And and that's not that's not tone from the top. That's not us as coaches making sure to protect this kid. Those classmates protect him. And they they make sure he's he's doing great by the way. Yeah. Junior Graybell, I was watching him do arm bars the other day. Yeah. Such it. a good kid, man. Runs up, shakes my hand, smiles every single time I see him. Yeah. But the room, when I called his name, that place erupted. It, it was erupted. Amazing. The kids were, were screaming and chanting. And he had his hands over his head oh, like he was Rudy.
1: I'll cry again. It was, <laughs>
0: it was just such a powerful experience. For who? Everyone involved. Yeah. So obviously now Jeremiah, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Like he's he's got a leg up in the world. Mm-hmm. Like he's achieved something. He's accomplished something big. And he's loved by his peers. What's that going to do for that kid? Imagine. But I, beyond that, I'm looking around the room at all these... Very capable, tough, talented young kids Who in another world might be like the jock bully Right But not in this environment They're cheering for this kid They're leaning over so they can reach to give him a high five As he oh, runs by adorable And what, what do they gain from that? Man, they're learning That's where you learn compassion Because mm-hmm. I don't know that compassion and empathy Is really an ingrained human characteristic for everyone For sure, not for everybody Yeah. But it can definitely be learned like, I, I definitely gained way more compassion since we had kids. Yeah, for sure. Than before. Like, I cry watching Animal Planet. <laughs> like, if the baby elephant's not doing so well in a drought, forget about it. I got to turn it off. Like, I got to watch Spongebob. To you like,
1: definitely have softened since we had yeah, kids. Yeah,
0: but these kids are growing up in an environment where they can be strong and kind. Mm-hmm. Strength mm-hmm. and kindness. That, Like, man, that's what it is right there. Strength and kindness. It's huge. So, if you're weak and kind, like, the sentiment is nice. But there's nothing you could do for anybody. You can't even help yourself. But man, if you're strong and you lack compassion, that's a liability. Like, what are you going to become? Nobody really knows what you're going to become. But if you're strong and you're kind, that's the type of person I want to have my daughters raised around. That's the type of person I want my kids to become. That's the type of person I want to live in that community with
1: for sure and like you said i don't know if i'm gonna say this wrong but like units of influence like this kid they, they all train our school now their peers at school are seeing this and how they're i mean word of mouth. we don't do a lot of advertising we do none yeah so a lot of the times when people are coming in like oh how'd you hear about us it's like oh you know his classmate comes here or he's on a soccer team or you know it's just that am i saying it right units yeah. of influence units it's, of human influence yeah it's huge. It's huge.
0: So I was in like this mastermind group at uh, in Sacramento and and it's small. There's only like fifteen people in it. It's for like, you know, I would call it high achievers. I don't want to sound like a dick, but yeah, yeah. it's not people who just opened up. Right. And it's people who are trying to make these like impacts. And, you know, it was my turn to talk about like like what's my big goal and like they all give their opinions and like it's really it's really helpful 'cause it's like they you get different perspectives on what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, like, everybody has very specific things. And mine is, like, I want to increase my my impact, my units of human influence. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really hit it off the, with this one guy from Texas because he's, he's already, like, ahead of where I, what I want to do. Like, he's got all these amazing schools, and and he impacts so many lives. And he's, you know, he's older than me, and he's just – he's a star. Like, he's done it right. I right. appreciate how he – and he's a man of integrity, and I could see that. And we hit it off because – When other people kind of ask more of like the business minded questions, he's like, "Well, what the hell's your purpose? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Like Mm -hmm. at the root of it, and it's that it's units of human influence. And like Alan said, Coach Alan, like we're not making it used to be like we want to make ripples in the community. Yeah, we want each student to make a ripple in the community. No, no, we want to make waves. Yeah, and that's that's where we're at. That's where my head's at. Yep, all good things. How are you feeling?
1: So sore.
0: <laughs> I've been making fun of her all day. She did, like, did
1: like four rounds yesterday, guys. Right, give yeah. me a break.
0: <laughs> I'm like, and she's like, oh, I'm like, what hurts? She's like everything. And I'm like, all right, let's just stop for a second <laughs> because let's go on a time machine. Think Here back like 15, 16 years of this for me, like doing two hours of MMA, getting my ass kicked as you were a bl- 20. I was 24, 25, 26 mm-hmm. doing MMA with. Friggin professional f- Alright anyway There's no sympathy for me right No
1: I, I hear you But I just said so it. you
0: know Like how you feel right now Like just it's how add, you felt add, a more, add a little more Add a little more And then yeah Multiply that times Like 15 years
1: Alright I I give you back And, rubs and now and make, stuff now make <laughs> fun of me
0: For taking a nap Like do you understand now With like a little bit of sympathy
1: I give you sympathy I would rub your back Yeah we will cook yeah. you some meals And then we had a kid well, yeah, you go to the back burner. Sorry. Yeah. But anyway, I'm pretty sore. I train pretty hard. Um, You know, because you you were you were talking last night after class or yesterday after class about, you know, we don't want a patty cake. We want to get after it. Yeah. So for me personally, like I try to find that balance because, I mean, we've talked about it before. I have a bad neck. You know, I'm 36. I'm not getting any younger. I don't. You don't do have the a bad neck
0: because of your age. No, I'm bad just neck physiologically. Just
1: right, right. But I'm just saying. So, like, you know, recovery-wise, I do nothing to recover. I'll go and just train my ass off, and then like just hang out. I mean, we eat clean, but you know what I'm saying. I don't do yeah. anything. I don't Dude, cold you know plunge what on, should, on sauna. You no know would
0: be awesome if we had like a sauna and a cold plunge and like a foam it roller. It would be.
1: It would be. Yeah. We so. should. We should
0: invest in those <laughs> things.
1: So anyway. <laughs> trying to find that balance between getting after it and not playing patty cake right some i don't have a choice but to get after it Mm -hmm. (laughs) right and then some i can really practice more like technical where i'm not you know inverting killing my neck can't lift my arms the next day because i'm trying to use all my strength to just protect myself right yeah um so I I agreed I said in my Monday night I could only do one round cuz I had to go get the girls so I try to make it count. And then the next day I was like all right I I kind of signed myself up to four rounds. Right because then I don't want to go overkill and then literally can't lift my arms like right now. Yeah. So like how do you I mean you just train all the time but no. like for the average student
0: No, I'm I'm believe it or not like I'm I'm actually pretty mindful of my output so I'm also in a very different position. Like I'm I'm a black belt. There's not too many people who sure. can, Force me into like a kinetic roll when I'm trying to chill. Like yeah. if I want to lock somebody down, for the most, there's like four or five guys at the school who could force me to go really, really hard. Right. Um, but I don't go balls to the wall all the time. So especially if I went hard on a, like a Monday night, which mo- this Monday in the ghee, I went really hard. Right. Like Nachursky and I did like a 14 minute round, <laughs> and he's nails, dude. Yeah. Um. And then I had the clock set to seven minutes. I don't know if people realize. No, we it.
1: realized it. Yeah, dude.
0: The extra minute gets you.
1: It. It definitely does.
0: I'm for gonna... sure. But dude, we had I had Al here sat you heard me talking about Yeah, to it's Al. hilarious. Anytime Al's around bad things are gonna happen for you <laughs> Love guys. <Al>. It's, like <laughs> it's like
1: my favorite person.
0: Yeah. But anyway, just be prepared for longer rounds randomly. Um but I'm I'm very in tune with my body and I know the, the consequences and I know I'll know Monday night what I want Wednesday night to look like. Mm, okay. So like I, I'll I'll adjust accordingly. And it can't be all murder, death, kill all the time. Yeah. If you do th- like the biggest mistake that me and the purple circle, like my my peer group coming up, mm-hmm. which were all killers, Matakis, uh, Max, Rob, Rob yeah. Bliaskos, like the problem was We went, we just pretty much went after each other and we went balls to the wall. Mm -hmm. And when you're going balls to the wall the whole time, you're not going to be able to improve your technique as much as if you were actually being like mindful and skillful. Yeah. But if you never go balls to the wall, you don't really know what it feels like in the right situation. It's just, you got to do both. Yeah. You have to do both.
1: No, I agree. Um, It's like the difficulty is then when you're that sore, (laughs) And then trying to train, like, tonight, like, I'm going to train, but obviously I can't, I'm not, there's no way I'll go balls to the wall. I'll pop out a rib and then I'll be out for a few months. Yeah. So, you know, it's just trying to find that balance, I think. That's where I'm at right yeah. now.
0: And look, it comes down to etiquette, training etiquette. Like, we should all be on the same page. And I talked about this yesterday. I never want us to be, a like, a social club. Mm-hmm. Like, it's I don't want us to play patty cake. Because if we don't train hard, and I've seen this in other schools where they just sit on the walls the whole time and talk. Yeah. Man, you might as well just join the Italian-American club. Like, you might as well just join, like, the, the Elks Lodge. We're not that. That We're not that. It's got to be a transformative environment, and that only really happens through very hard training. Yeah. However, there's one word that overlays the whole thing, and that's consideration. Like, you need to be self-aware, but you also have to be aware of your partner. Like, if they're clearly struggling, and it's it's somebody who you think is, like, susceptible to mental anguish... yeah. Like they're having a fucking panic attack, mm-hmm. back off, asshole. Or if it's like, if I'm going to Cheriski and I see him having a panic attack, part of him enjoys that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm going to make it worse. He's one of the few. Yeah, though. he's one of the few, but I have the awareness to like understand when I'm going to back off. If right. I submitted you like four times already, I'm going to fucking back off. What, yeah. are, what are you trying to accomplish? However, if you're, if we're going tit for tat and like you're right there and like I can sense that you got the energy and we're doing it. We're going to go. We're going to go. But if I find that every single time I roll with you, it's that energy, I'm going to either slow it down and have you reciprocate, like Mm -hmm. match my, because it can't be that. It becomes contentious. Yeah. If you're only trying to murder each other every time, you're going to have in the back, even if you don't do it consciously, you're going to have something out for that person. Sure. So back the fuck off. Yeah. And if they don't pick up on your body language, I talk to them. Right. And there are a couple people who are listening to this who I've had that talk with like, look, we can do that. But it's going to turn to something you don't want. Let's We don't have to. We could get after it, but it doesn't have to be murder, death, kill every time. Let's back off a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're saying that as a black belt because you can control that, right? We have, we have like 10 minutes.
0: All right. Yeah. I thought um, Tim had an 1130,
1: no? No, I pushed it back. Oh,
0: good. <laughs> All right sorry Tim
1: <laughs> hey PI don't, don't oh. say names <laughs> I'm just kidding um, anyway I'm, I'm saying like I, I'm starting to learn that I think right like I adjust my training based on who I'm training with like if I have newer blue belts or white belts I'm not gonna murder I would never do that like I'll work my technique and Jim Glenn's always big he's like you gotta work your technique with someone who's just coming up whereas like
0: well what's the difference between working your technique and executing it and murdering somebody
1: I think it's the pace at which I don't like.
0: I wouldn't even say. All right. Because you can watch battle. So here from just because this is a tough one. This is important. And I don't ever want to not be able to like execute my techniques on somebody. I got to work. And if I want to murder somebody, it's going to look and feel very different. But I'm still kind of executing the same techniques for the most part. If I just want to work, I'm going to try to look like battle. Yeah. If I'm going to try to murder somebody, I'm going to just look more like Pete
1: yeah i get that i think it's probably like i'm only speaking personally but like one, if, one
0: is movement and one's the negation of movement
1: yeah but to get to that negation of movement it takes me a little bit longer right like if i yeah. i mean i'm pretty small so like it depends on who i'm training with if someone's just dive bombing me like i gotta i gotta match their pace and then yeah. like control them Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like the difficulty right now. Like some, I mean, some, you just have, they have a lot of energy and they're, and they're going, go, they move and move and move and move. So for me, like, yeah, it is just about like control. And that's what, and that's, I'm learning that too. If somebody's learning how to, this is an important
0: lesson for definitely senior students too, or older people or people who deal with like physical limitations or injuries. And you, you know, you're skilled, more skillful than some of your training partners, but they're trying to murder you every time here's what you don't want to do. And Ricardo used to, I used to go like a seven minute round with Ricardo and he wouldn't even submit me once. <laughs> and it was fucking torture. And Larry makes a lot of funny jokes about this. Like he submits somebody, he's like, God damn it, now I got to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> but there's there's a lesson there where if you submit, if somebody's going to buck wild on you, ah, ah, they're running side to side, they're yep. fucking flying near your crotch or they're like diving over your legs and shit like that. It's clear that they're not trying They're not working on their technique They gotta beat you In their head they're like I gotta fucking beat you I'm gonna get you Okay motherfucker (laughs) All right, here's what's gonna happen You're gonna go buck wild You're not gonna get shit off on me You might hurt me a little bit But you're tiring yourself out. And once it might take me a minute. It might take me two minutes. I'm going to get a hold of you. I'm going to sweep you. I'm going to pass your guard methodically. And then I'm going to fucking smother you. Mm -hmm. And all that kinetic movement. (laughs) You're going to regret every fucking piece of it. And I know what you're going to do. You're going to put your arm up in the air and hope that I key lock you. Yeah. No, no. (laughs) You're going to try to turn over and request the check. No, no. I'm not even going to take your back. I'm going to keep you on your fucking back and I'm going to put my chest on your fucking face. And what's the lesson there? Chill Calm the fuck down. out. Yeah. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> right? Because the mistake people make is people go buck wild, blah, 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 Fucking flying, flying near your crotch and like, like you know, kick you in the head. Mm-hmm. And then it's because it's clear what you're trying to accomplish and it's you got to win. And that's sending the wrong message. Yeah. But message received. Motherfucker, Hold on. And the mistake we make because we're better is we'll get to like Delahiva, we'll sweep, we'll get on top and we'll choke them out. Mm-hmm. We just, that's a gift. We just gave them like a, a reprieve on death row. Because why? Now they get, that was only eight seconds of them being uncomfortable. They get to stand Reset. up, slap hands. They're going to stand up and fucking dive bomb yeah. your crotch again.
1: Yeah.
0: No, <laughs> guess what we're going to do? We're going to go Elio Gracie style. <laughs> hey, turn the timer off. And I'm just going to smother you. Yeah. And, and if that doesn't modify your behavior, then I don't know what else will. Yeah. Then it's then it's time for a conversation.
1: Sure. When I think that's like what you you learn and that comes with responsibility, right? Like setting the tone as a senior student and things like that. So, you know, it's it's, it's constantly learning. Like, I'm Well, that's the value
0: of this podcast. Yeah. And one of the things that came up in Sacramento, people were having, some people were having uh, trouble driving the culture of their school. Mm-hmm because there's only so many mat chats you can make right. and there's like only so much you can get across in a social media post and for sure behavior like from the top down modifies most of, like if if me, Tony, like Big Al and like Pete and Battle if we were all like dicks everybody be yeah
1: yeah for sure so
0: of course it's top down but sometimes these things have to be really explained in depth and that's the value of this podcast and I'm glad it's so well received with the students mm-hmm. because yeah, it gives you a glimpse into like who, like who I am as as like the lead instructor because a lot of these guys don't really get to talk to me yeah. at length. But more importantly, I get to say things like this, and I get to speak very candidly, right? Because yeah. at the academy, I'm going to speak a certain way as I should, but on here, like I I feel free to to speak this way because this is so important. It's very very important.
1: It's huge. I mean, we've we've had these conversations before, and I think this will probably someone's probably listen to this and might be like a senior blue belt, purple belt in the same situation as I am. And and you don't want to avoid certain people because you know, then you kind of feel like, am I being a baby? You know? So I think it is important that like that message is out there to say like you control, like, you know, you do the right thing to control because sometimes I'm like, got to keep moving, got to keep moving, got to submit, got to do this. I got to practice. I got to, you know, and at the end of the day, I think it's sometimes like I'm lacking fundamentals because I might, you know, so
0: for sure. And I always invoke the name of, uh, the goat, Hodger Gracie. You watch the best of all time. Hodger Gracie, nothing he does is frantic. Nothing he does. Even the way he defends and he's got the best defense rate of all Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Nothing he does. Did you just give me a, nothing he does is frantic. Yeah. You know? And, and I say it all, I've definitely been saying it again more recently, but I've said it a lot in the past, that fucking timer in the corner. It, it really has done a lot to to damage our, our jujitsu. Yeah. You know, like originally like jujitsu strength was its ability to control. And it's the shift has happened recently with these short rounds, five, six, seven minutes. Believe it or not, that's short. It is short. That's a quick fucking round, man. Yeah. And I know if you're a white belt, you're thinking like, what the (laughs) hell are you talking about? You'll (laughs) see, just trust me when I say you'll see. Yeah. You'll see like, Man, six minutes is simply not enough time for a black belt to get to work
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, without like forcing things, because that's not jujitsu. It's not you're not supposed to force things. So the the clock, and then like the, I guess the rise of popularity of like sub only and like the professional jujitsu event mm-hmm. has created this very frantic style of jujitsu where it's like you're diving on submissions, which is exciting, and there there's a lot of value positionally in that. Yeah. But uh, it lends itself to just like an unsustainable style of grappling. It's just, it's not, I think it's missing the point. I think the more we get towards like the crazy like iminari bullshit and the further we get away from like Hodger Gracie style, the, a lot of recreational students are going to suffer for it. Yeah. And stylistically, grabbing a hold of somebody, slowing them down, sweeping them, getting on top and smothering them. That shit never goes out of
1: style. <laughs> Timeless.
0: Dude. And and I go through what you see it. Sometimes I'm like, I'm going to do leg locks for s- three do. months. You do. you like name what you're going to do. Yeah. And week. sometimes I'm like, I'm only going to take the back for the next six weeks. Mm-hmm. But every so often, I'm like, I'm going to give everybody a panic attack, <laughs> you know? So and especially if somebody comes to visit, like that's panic attack central. Why? Yeah. why? Why would I focus on, like a black belt comes in, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to guillotine him mm-hmm. just to make Larry happy. And, <laughs> and then I'm going to pass his guard, slow and steady. I'm yeah. going to get head and arm. I'm going to mount him, and I'm going to grind on him. And when there's 30 seconds left, I'm probably going to mount the triangle. Right. Why do I do it that way? instead? Because I might be able to get three or four subs in a frantic way. What What message do you send when you do it that way? Dominance. 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 You want to dominate somebody? Dude, you spin it upside down and catch an inside heel hook. You got me. <laughs>
1: yeah. You got me. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's like you were at half court and you threw the ball fucking over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. No, but I it, get but it. if you mount me and you smother me and you get like a head and arm choke, mm-hmm. you post it up in the paint, dude. Yeah. You know, you backed in with like three dribbles. I've been playing a lot of basketball. <laughs>
1: yeah, and this you, is improving. Dude, I you turned like around
0: and, and you laid it up. You didn't even dunk. You just right. laid it. A nice fundamental Gentle. layup. Gentle, yep. That's, that sends a message. No, oh, I get it. So, like, what what kind of style do you want? And I'm not saying you have to pick one or the other, but you have to be capable of of negating movement. Yep. You got to be capable. Mm-hmm. And now you're at the point now where you're seeing the value in that.
1: For sure. I mean, even me and Namaris went yesterday, and it was, you know, we're going, like, move for move. So sometimes I like those Oh, that's too. funny
0: because I also went with her the other day, and she tried to kill me.
1: <laughs> no, She's so gentle with me. Oh, I'm always yeah, like, totally. Namaris, come on, you got to, like, she's like, all right. Like, all
0: right. <laughs> Tomorrow. Thing. What's today? Wednesday. You're training tonight.
1: I mean, yeah. I'm
0: going to call her out. Watch what she does to me.
1: <laughs> she's good.
0: Yeah, she's, she's good. good.
1: she got those long ass legs, too. Yeah. Yeah, she's good.
0: But this move, from move bullshit. I get, <laughs> I get none of that.
1: She's being way more, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: I got 10 years on her, you know, so.
0: <laughs> Doesn't seem to bother her I, that I have like 13 years on her.
1: <laughs> it's different.
0: Yeah. All right, we gotta go get Avery. We do. It was nice chatting. Anything you want to add?
1: No, thanks for having me.
0: Are you gonna do the? I'm gonna call you out. You ready? Mm -hmm. Are you gonna do the rock and roll?
1: Um, (laughs) it's not that I don't want to. It's who's going to watch the kids. So I might be there like organizing the social, handing out some hot dogs. If somebody (laughs) listening
0: can watch our kids so Melissa can do a weighted uh, five mile walk with us. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get off the podcast. She's going to be pissed.
1: (laughs) Listen, I I thought you said you could wait or not. Based on that uh, video you and Professor Pete did. Yeah. You said we didn't have to have weights.
0: Yeah. Most people don't.
1: All right, cool. Well, I can walk that. Okay. How many miles? Five. Oof! All right. Well, you might need someone at the this end, is, though. This is the like walk where
0: I died. Like, remember organizing. when I died.
1: You had oh my gosh! Well, you wore those terrible shoes. No, no, no! I died. <gasps> yes. When the officer came to the house.
0: Yeah. So we were doing the ruck last year, and I guess my wallet fell off. It fell out of my bag. Oh like we're in gosh. like one of the wooded parts of the walk. And then I was gone. It was gone for a few. I didn't even know I lost my wallet, guys. Oh, my I don't have my license on me usually. Nothing. So one day, a few days later, I brought Scarlet to the pool. And we're like in the water the whole time. And I come back to 19 missed calls. <laughs> the people at Chartwell are looking for me. Five of our students are, are running around Chartwell. <laughs> Turns out they found my wallet at like a cleanup site with the cops and the guy saw my license and brought it here but in full cop fashion like a young cop like soldier he's like here you go ma'am
1: let me let me tell you what happened so I get a hard knock on the door it's me and Abe she's not feeling too good and he says hey um I just wanted to give you this and it's Pete's license And it's mangled right it's mangled (laughs) it's like cracked dirt and I was like well where'd you find it and he says on a cleanup on the side of the road i said
0: so you're picturing like after an accident (laughs) brains and bloods like across the road
1: he's like i cannot disclose that ma'am i was like what do you mean he has my daughter what are you talking about like can you give me more information he's like i'm afraid i don't have that
0: he went full young cop on you fresh out of the i was fresh (laughs) he's like a kid in me
1: I don't even think I said goodbye to him. I just started calling. and I Well,
0: was the funny thing, this is like your nightmare. Oh, my this God. This is your nightmare. Like a folded flag in their hands. Yeah, like me. Melissa is the kind of girl who will be driving somewhere. And if we, we see like an ambulance going the different way, she calls her whole family. <laughs> Hi, are you the one that who just died? Okay. No? Good. All right. I'll see you at dinner. All right. We got to get Avery. Good talking to you. Thanks, I'll See guys. you guys.
1: Bye.